Hi, I'm John Beathan, and I'm your host of What Has My Attention. And this is episode two. And in this episode, I'm talking with Tracy and Lori Krathmer about medical tourism. Because while they're here visiting me last October 2019, this topic had my full attention. And we're talking about medical tourism and what it is, the best places to go for medical attention, the problem with healthcare in the United States, commercials, advertising, and the trance of normalcy, and white coat hypnosis. This episode is being released on April 20th, 2020, and we're in the middle of a pandemic. And Tracy and Lori were here last October and gratefully had the opportunity to spend some time in the studio and record a couple different episodes. It'd be an understatement to say that Tracy and Lori are two of my most favorite people on the planet, mainly because their connection to relationship, health, and global citizenship has always had my attention. I promise you, you'll be hearing a lot more from them in upcoming episodes. And in fact, the next episode, three, is with them, and it's titled, Get a Passport. So make sure you visit the program notes for this episode at whathasmyattention.com for the links to the items we mentioned here in this episode, also how you can get in touch with Tracy and Lori. And as always, if you enjoyed this episode, do please tell a friend. So now I bring you episode two, Medical Tourism with Tracy and Lori Krathamer. So we're live. Cool. Yes. Welcome to your first podcast. Maybe not your first, huh? So great to be here. It's the first with you. I know. It's fantastic. So um, let me, I'm going to let you guys introduce yourself because you will want to let everybody know how you want to be perceived. But we are sitting with um, Tracy and Lori Krathamer. It's like I've known these guys forever. But in Austria, it's Krathamer. Yeah. So I asked you to save it for the podcast. So you're going to like, let's go down that one for about 20 minutes, shall we? Yeah. <laughs> what? So, yeah, it's, it's root. It's root is my, my dad's ancestors came from a tiny hamlet in Austria called Krautheim. Mm-hmm. And I've always been told that it was like cabbage farmer, but I think it's like coleslaw maker. Uh-huh. So I should <laughs> run up in the coleslaw business, but I didn't. Uh-huh. Uh-huh. That's all there is to say about that. Tracy, it's not too late. (laughs) (laughs) Actually, uh, I love coleslaw. And when I told you earlier about the egg on the tortilla, I often put coleslaw right in that as well. I love coleslaw. Yeah. I always, you know, when I'm. Yeah, but when I'm out somewhere, I always say, how's the coleslaw? And And they go, well, what do you mean? I go, really? It's like you don't know what good coleslaw is. You know, one of my favorite added ingredients to a coleslaw is actually celery seed. Oh, it's nice. Yeah. So that's another part of the podcast where we talk about your involvement with food. But let's switch to Lori for a second. Okay. <laughs> Hi. <laughs> right. So each of you kind of introduce yourself the way you want. Well, I can introduce Tracy. He can introduce me or I can do, that's introduce awesome. myself. No, I so, like it. Um, let's do that. So introduce let me, Tracy. Let me tell you a little bit about Tracy. Um, as far as like, as far first of all, he's an amazing husband and dad. I always have to say that. A lot of times people identify themselves by what they do, you know, like what do they do in the world? Right. I think because of our age, we've kind of gone through, he'll, we'll talk about the different versions of ourselves because we are constantly evolving. But when I met Tracy and we were really young, we were in our early, um, late teens, 
And oh, was he, that it? Was it a teen romance, sort of? N- not really. We didn't know. We didn't even like each other when we met. I each actually other. married the landlord's daughter going to college. <laughs> okay. True story. Okay. Yeah. So um, it. It, it's interesting because uh, yeah, we didn't like each other, but we became best friends. Uh huh. Really, that's the, what happened. I think that's awesome. And that's and I great. think that relationships that are based on being best friends, they just like I would agree. They can just weather the storm differently when life happens. Well, they can actually weather the storm. Yeah. <laughs> I think so. So in our early life, um, Tracy broke into the pharmaceutical industry um, when our kids were really, really young. He'd already had his degree as a um, as a chef, like he had gone to culinary arts school uh-huh. in his younger years when we met. So I, I was spoiled right off the bat. Like, no I mean, he's the better cook than, than I am. Yeah. And all of our sons will tell you that. <laughs> but he uh, ended up being, um, being in the pharmaceutical industry and... When we were really young, or the kids were really young, we, we had a lot of fun traveling into different territories when he was doing traveling territories. He was working in hospital for- formularies. He was working, you know, like he was doing all kinds of things um, in the pharmaceutical world. And at some point in time, he even went back east to work as a project manager for a company in New Jersey um, where he was the had a direct liaison to the FDA. So he had had a lot of experience in, in that particular part. And it followed him over the years. It, it went into biotech and surgical sales and all kinds of things. And then later on in his life, because, you know, people do things sometimes in the second part of their life. Oh, yeah. Different from what they did in the first part of their life. Yep. He actually became a hypnotherapist. And that was during a time when my studies were more into in the alternative health world. Mm-hmm. And so that's how we stayed married. We, t- we, we make a joke. Like, that's how we stayed married. <laughs> you know, Um all right. So yeah, Lori is my sweetheart for thirty-seven years. We're married for thirty-five years, oh, and wow. I really did marry yeah. the landlord's daughter, and we didn't like each other. And one day, I'm sitting in the car outside of her house, and a Michael Jackson song came on that he sang with Paul McCartney, and uh, I think it was uh, the girl is mine. The girl is mine. Yeah, the girl. Oh, is mine. Oh, sure, Michael Jackson and yeah. Paul McCartney. And yeah. I'm sitting in the car, and I had like epiphany, and I go, "Oh God, you got to be joking, not Lori, right?" Yeah. And it was at that moment that I really realized I had a thing for this girl. Yeah. And she was being pursued by a couple other guys at the time. You had to act. I had. I had to act. Three guys. Three right? guys. She ended up having so many guys ask her to marry them it was ridiculous well in my perspective anyway uh but anyway uh long story short we we actually uh got engaged at spur of the moment uh we were actually engaged before i even kissed her oh you're kidding no it was just like like a long story behind it but i asked her to marry me kind of like a joke Uh i was joking or so i thought how old were you um, oh, we were like 18 or 19, um, maybe. We, we met when I was 20 and Lori was 19. Uh-huh. And uh, we got married. Uh, we were almost 22 when we got married, and we were parents at 23. Oh, nice. And so now we have three boys. They're 34, 31, and 26. Nice. And a lot and, of experience, uh, huh? But, but about Lori. The most awesome thing about Lori is how fast she connects with people. Mm-hmm. She is just a lover of people and connects at a level that I have seen very few people on this planet able to connect with. And because of that, 
because of that connection, beyond her ability to work with uh, energy medicine, beyond her ability to really understand how to bring alternative medicine to people's lives, mm -hmm. uh, she's a healer because of her connection with people. And that's just such an amazing strength. I joke about Lori because it's like, you know, she has never met a stranger. And, and what a gift. Seriously, in the world of business, I've called her my secret weapon. You know, so that's Lori in like a nutshell. Yeah, I could, yeah. I actually see that. Mm -hmm. I see that secret weapon. <laughs> yeah. No kidding. Yeah, because you do connect quickly with people. Yeah. So I gave it up to you, Tracy, to say what topic would you like to talk about? Because the truth of the matter is we could book the studio for the whole week and we'd never be done. Okay. So a little background into this conversation is that we have just reintegrated back into the United States. We've mm -hmm. been backpacking around the world for four years into 23 countries and that by itself can be so many conversations because, mm -hmm. you know, we had fought an Ill illegal foreclosure for five years and persevered. And then somebody tried to steal our house after we won our house. And that went all the way up to the Oregon Court of Appeals and we prevailed. And it was six really stressful years. And when it was all done, um, Lord looked at me and said, you know, honey, it's your turn. Like, you know, in life, it's like, it, it's your turn. What do you want to do? And I said, I want to get out of here. Yeah. So we, we sold our house. We paid off all of our debt in the world. We gave away and sold a lot of our things, put the rest in a 10 by 10 storage bin, grabbed our backpacks. We, you know, kissed our moms, kissed our boys, and... Um, found a home for our doggy. Oh, yeah, we found a home for our beautiful Border Collie, who's my soul puppy, Bella, and that's another conversation. Yeah, uh, which I do want to have at some point. Because I'm just a dog whisperer, and there's so much I want to say about dogs and border collies, and that's a whole conversation. But anyway, so we had backpacks, and we left. And uh, our first real destination was Japan. We spent a couple days in China on the way to Japan. In Japan, because I was born there. No, I didn't. Know I was that. I was born in Japan, and I learned Japanese and spoke it fluently before I ever learned English. Oh, my dad was a Navy officer, and he was in charge of the admiral staff. Oh, really? And my mom, yeah. my mom was a Navy officer's wife, and I was the youngest of four kids, and so Samiko-san got to raise me. Miko-san. Samiko-san, and uh, but I had not been back in fifty years. Oh gosh! And so. That was really awesome. And that just started the journey of, of four years. And there's so many conversations in that, but. Um, so you were, you were out of the States traveling for four years, four years. We, we would pop in and out periodically. Sure. Yeah. Yeah. But, uh, but we didn't have a home here. Uh, our stuff stayed in storage for four years and, you know, we would surf the wave of, of low airfares. And literally when we started traveling and we had one year's money in the bank, yeah. that was it. Right. And we were traveling on a $25 a day, a piece budget. 
Nice, which so, that could be another podcast too. Or actually, fifty dollars a day. So, what's started. the quick summary on how do you do that? Um, well, over time, our travel upgraded, but so we started traveling countries that a that were cheaper, mm-hmm. right? So we started traveling in Southeast Asia, mm-hmm. right? And so that helps quite a bit. And then we use tools like um, like we did couch surfing. Yeah, we couch surfed across Japan. That was amazing. There's a website actually. So you could probably do a whole podcast on couch reviews. I could, yes, uh, couch surfing, and then we did we did workaways, right? And so a workaway, just in f- like 15 words, is um, somebody invites you to their place across the world, and you exchange four hours of work, five days a week, for room and board. Nice. And so, and, and is that a business model, a website? Uh, it, it is. There's actually a website, and it's kind of like in the in the social media area where uh-huh. where you post a profile, you make a video of yourself. Uh, your host has reviews. You get reviews. Yeah, you meet like Airbnb. Kind of. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And, and, and Couchsurfing is also a website, and uh, again, the same thing. You have reviews. People review you, and and all that. So people know who's coming to sleep on their on their sofa. Right. Yeah. And, uh, and that saved a lot of money. And yeah. it was really interesting. We got a chance to meet some amazing people. Um, I mean, we, we'll talk about like all the most amazing people we met in all the places, whether it be Italy or Ireland or Japan or, and I always talk about like Tracy's still in touch with a lot of these people. Yeah. You know, and he's still there for the younger ones. And sometimes, like, we would do an exchange. And one time we were in Germany, and he helped this young girl learn, um, basically do her final in college. Mm-hmm. And she had to do it in English. Mm-hmm. And he just helped her. And it was such a huge thing, you know. And we, she literally gave up her bed, gave us her bed, and slept in her roommate's room. And... uh it was just amazing. Like yeah, the, we, we have a lot of stories about that. That could be a whole podcast. The oh my cool gosh, thing about, about couchsurfing, I just want to say this real quick, is it's not really about saving money, although you do save a lot of money by couchsurfing. It's really about an exchange of energy. A relationship. It's about yes. relationship. Mm-hmm. Like like we were hosted in um, Yokosuka, which is my birth city, mm-hmm. by by a man in the Navy who was at fit, like eight years in Japan. And he hosted like 150 couch surfers in, in that time. But my exchange of energy was in the morning, I would have coffee with him. And we would simply have conversation in the morning. And he so loved that exchange yeah. of just conversation. Love it. And he gave us our own bedroom, our own private bath. I mean, had full access to his house. The bus stop was like one block down from where we were staying. And from there was a train station. It was like, a perfect place to stay in Japan's not cheap. Yeah. yeah. So not paying for lodging in Japan was just like. Kept us in our budget. Yeah. That's okay. Insane. Well, we will do a separate um, episode on that, but back to where you were, if you can get back there. Yeah. Yeah. So. Um, How we started traveling on $25 a day. And then, but we were gone for four years to just summarize. We had, we didn't know we were going to be gone for that long, but. It was just one thing after another. We were in a journey and things that had evolved within like what we were doing for work and um, basically the way we were traveling. And we ended up in um, Chiang Mai for three months. 
and, and got a chance to experience different areas. And Tracy's background, too, was um, also in medical tourism and, and, and medical, um, you know, like he, he knew that if he wanted to get something done, where to go do it. So we had some things that we did in, in Thailand and Mexico. and Yeah. Um, so, so, so one question I want to ask. Sure. Is what is medical tourism? So, so medical tourism is a huge industry right now. Actually, depending on the studies that you read, it's between fifty and a hundred billion dollars a year of people traveling to another country to get their medical services done to save money. Mm. And people think, well, the United States has the highest quality of medicine, mm -hmm. and I want to say that's not true. Mm -hmm. There are some countries that have much higher standards and much higher quality of care in medicine. And, um, and also, those professionals will have done a lot of their training in the United States and have United States certification. But I guess one of the best examples is our first time in Thailand. Uh, we're our first time in Chiang Mai, which is the second largest city in Thailand, up in, up in northern Thailand. I've been developing over time as we travel some reactive airway disease. You know, we'll travel somewhere. I'm not used to what's in the atmosphere or whatever they're using, and I'll become asthmatic. And I was having a difficult time one day. We were in Chiang Mai, Thailand, and it got so bad that I needed to get medical attention. Mm -hmm. And so we went to... A hospital, uh, a private hospital, actually, in Chiang Mai. It's called Bangkok Hospital Chiang Mai, mm -hmm. right? And the first thing to note about this hospital is it's JCI accredited. And what that means, that's Joint Commission accredited. Um, and so most hospitals in the United States, they want to have what's called JCO, which is J-C-A-H-O, which... Most hospitals strive to maintain a JCO accreditation. It's joint commission. And when I was working in, um, in pharmaceuticals, in biotech here in the U.S., hospitals spend months getting ready for their JCO inspection. Mm -hmm. It's so important. You don't want to go to a hospital in the U.S. that's not joint commission accredited. That's like a minimum benchmark. And JCI, which is Joint Commission International, is at a higher bar than than local joint commission and so we go to this hospital and within 15 minutes i'm being seen by by a woman doctor and i prefer women physicians and that's another conversation yeah right but having worked in medicine for so many years i'd rather see a woman doctor and she spoke perfect english and she listened to me, and that's so important. She listened to me. Yeah, that's very different, right? isn't it? And she agreed, because I knew what was up. And she agreed, that's ex exactly what's going on. And she wrote me six prescriptions. Mm -hmm. Now, that's a lot of medication. Mm -hmm. But in our conversation, it was an acknowledgement that we're backpacking. Mm -hmm. And she didn't want me to get in trouble. And so she outlined, like, protocol A, protocol B, protocol C, you know, and then so we go to pharmacy and I get all these prescriptions filled. And then it's time to pay the bill. Mm -hmm. So think about this for a second, like an urgent care visit. Mm -hmm. I had almost a half hour with a physician, six prescriptions. 
And this hospital is pristine. I mean, you can literally eat off the floor. It's beautiful, right? So it definitely felt like I was very uptown in the hospital. So if you would guess at the hospital bill, if it was in the, in the United States, what would you think? Oh, gosh. It'd be in the thousands of dollars. Right. Thousands. I, yeah. Right? I mean, a thousand just for the, the urgent care. Yeah. Admission. Admission. And, and not right. even talking about the medications. Right. So, like, one of the medications is a steroid inhaler. Mm-hmm. It's a combination, beta agonist, steroid inhaler, very common in the United States. On my prescription plan here, um, if I had to pay for it myself, it's $450. Wow. And I had two of those, like two different ones. Mm-hmm. Not even counting, and all the medications were brand name. Even though the brand names were a little different, mm-hmm. the ingredients were the same and made by the same companies that I recognize. Mm-hmm. It's like Merck in Thailand is Merck mm-hmm. in the United States, mm-hmm. right? So my medical bill was $105. Wow. Right. Seriously. I mean, real talk, $105. And and we always have um, travel insurance. And I'm not sure if that came into play with that at all. I don't remember. In in that case, travel insurance would have reimbursed me 50 bucks. (laughs) Right. But the bill was already so low. You just Mm -hmm. paid it. Right. And so, you know, that was like a really major moment. And then I needed to have some dental work done. And... So we found a dental clinic. And I think the first time I had dental work done, we found a clinic where technology is amazing. I mean, you could tell they had like technology I've never even had done at my dentist here in the United States. The dentist is trained in the US and Australia, right? He has more credentials than I've seen in the United States. Mm. He's, he's a teaching dentist. He's taught internationally all over the world in, in implant dentistry. Which means he's learning a lot. Means he's a smart guy. Yeah. Right? And so the first time I went in there, I had my teeth cleaned and I had um oh, I had a a a, a molar that needed to be repaired. Mm-hmm. You know, that the, the gold inlay had to be taken out and I needed a new crown. Mm-hmm. And it was just a couple hundred dollars. Hmm. Right. And then the second time that I had dental work done, like major dental work done, was on our latest trip. And this is actually just this past March. And literally, we made our way up to Thailand, up to Chiang Mai, because I wanted to go back to the very same dentist. Right. And I got, I had, I got, I had two molars repaired and, uh, Gold overlays removed, replaced with zirconia crowns. Mm-hmm. I had three three fillings done, plus I had a, a teeth cleaning on top of that all. And then, of course, there's the x-rays, right, where it's not the usual, like, films back in your mouth. It's like the thing that twirls around your head, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. So they can even tell you about, you know, what's going on as far as, like, bone density and stuff like that. Really cool stuff. Okay. It would have been eight to $10,000 here in the U.S., it was $900. And yeah, and not only that, but like I remember that dentist was able to tell you what was going on with your jaw. We had been in Myanmar and he had a massage and someone dislocated yeah. his jaw a little bit and he'd been suffering with that for a while. But 
Yeah, know? and so I, I spoke to my physician in the U.S. about it, and he was clueless, mm-hmm. right? And so I find myself back in Thailand, and the the dentist uses that really high-tech x-ray machine, and, and he could show exercise. me exactly where I'm getting, where the bone is starting to degrade because it's not setting right. Mm-hmm. And that was so cool. And so medical and he tourism. He exercise. He said, do this. Yeah. Medical yeah. tourism is you can save so much money. It's like. So what you're really telling me is that you could actually pay for a vacation. Totally. Oh, oh yeah. And save, and beyond. And save the extra $8,000. Right. Definitely. Yeah. Yeah, yeah. And so, you know, there's the main places for medical tourism. I mean, if you were to pick the top three, you would pick um, Costa Rica and Panama is is a tie. So we're going to say they're number one because they're a lot closer for people to get to. Mm -hmm. But but even uh, San Jose, Costa Rica, for example, has – has three hospitals downtown that are JCI accredited, hmm. right? And their uh, their dental clinics are state of the art. Uh, Panama Panama City has has a John Hopkins Hospital right in downtown Panama City, and is the leading city in the world for stem cell research and and also stem cell therapeutics. So oh if you gosh. want to get like cutting a stem cell therapy done, you want to go to Panama City. Uh-huh. And then and then there's India. India is one of the most cutting aid, cutting edge medical technology centers on earth. And then there's there's Thailand. And Thailand is really known for its for its cosmetic mm-hmm. medical tourism. Or mm-hmm. even transgender surgeries, yeah. things like yeah. that. That's, I've, I've, that's yeah, Thailand. I've yeah. heard of people or known people that actually went to Thailand for that one. And it's a more common conversation here. People think about most people know somebody that goes to Mexico to see a dentist mm-hmm. because dental insurance in the United States is typically a joke. Mm-hmm. I mean, you pay out of your paycheck every month to get this dental insurance. Then they put a $2,000 annual cap on it. You need $10,000 of dentistry. And then they, they bring out the finance papers, mm-hmm. right? And then you're making payments for three years. And time is paid off. You have to come back and get your root canal. Jeez. You know, and so there's a statistic, and I don't know what the number is right now. Mm-hmm. But I read a few years ago that only 17% of Americans have passports, mm-hmm. which is shocking. Mm-hmm. You know, a passport is so easy to get. And you can save a fortune by going someplace else. Yeah. You know, um, if you want a facelift, not that you need one. Uh, but, <laughs> <laughs> but you know. Well, I'm not on this uh, video, so we can't prove that. You can save so much money in, in the years of dentistry. Uh, people will go and get a hip replacement. Uh-huh. And India is a very big center for getting a hip replacement, Right. And a hip replacement in the United States is a twenty-five to forty thousand dollars surgery. Mm-hmm. And you know, just as an aside, um, you know, I used to work in the OR a lot, and I've seen a number of hip replacements. It's it's a kind of a traumatic surgery. You yeah. need some time to kind heal. Of. And so, you know, you go to India to get this done, for example, 
and you're going to pay between not sure the numbers right now between six and ten thousand dollars instead of twenty five to forty or fifty thousand dollars for hip replacement. You can recover. They're not going to ship you out in three days because they're trying to meet some quota. (laughs) Yeah, yeah. You know, if you're getting a surgery done on insurance, you're allowed so many days in the hospital before they send you out. And if you go to Costa Rica or you go to India, uh, they allow the time for you to spend in top-notch accommodations, right, as part of your bill to the hospital. So you're staying in a suite, typically. You're eating beautiful meals. Mm. Uh, The level of nursing care, the nurses aren't having to focus on way too many patients. Right. They have the time. And they they all speak English. Mm -hmm. So it's not like you're going to be uncomfortable. Mm -hmm. The The most awkward part of the journey for a lot of people is simply the flight. Mm-hmm. You know, so, you know, get a good flight. Yeah. You're saving so much money, you can afford it. But, you know, we travel so inexpensively. It's like we flew two years ago. We had a ticket, Portland to Hong Kong round trip, Air Canada mm-hmm. for $360. You're kidding. Uh, we just flew back um, our ticket back to the U.S. Uh, we flew from... Chiang Mai to Xi'an, China, mm-hmm. uh, which is where the Terracotta warriors are, the Terracotta mm-hmm. army, um, because that was where the cheapest ticket was. That's one of the tricks is to find out where is the cheapest ticket from a continent to a continent. And then from there, you can do the small stuff. Yeah. But the ticket was so cheap and the ticket was so cheap that our airfare from Xi'an, China to Las Vegas nonstop uh, on it was actually on United on a brand new 777, and the back of the plane was almost empty, so we spread out in luxury. Was two hundred dollars. So how are you discovering these flights? What are you, are you using apps or what? Mm. Um, that could be another podcast. Uh, so. Let's just do another podcast on yeah. it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. That's that's definitely a conversation. But it's honestly, it's it's, it's not that hard. I just want to say uh-huh. this one thing about it, and we'll go back to another podcast. Um. If you're willing to go from A to C to B, like go to a different destination first and then hop over to where you really want to go, mm-hmm. instead of directly from A to B, yeah, you can save a lot of money. Yeah, If you're willing to fly on a Monday instead of a Tuesday, mm-hmm. or a Wednesday instead of a Tuesday, or mm-hmm. and the days don't matter. It's just the day earlier or after. Right. You can save half or more. Yeah. So I would consider an A to C to B to be an adventure. Yeah, it's awesome. I mean, you probably see stuff that you would have never seen. Oh, totally. And, and, and here's like the thing. We went to China. And, and I promise this is another podcast. But back in the day before you booked your own tickets yeah, and you spoke with a travel agent, they could book you a stopover. And the stopover is a, is a lost art. And and so I don't have to do it myself online. A to C is the C's the stopover. To yeah, be. yeah. So so imagine, imagine you want to fly to Kuala Lumpur, uh-huh. right? And and you're changing planes in Tokyo. Yeah. Well, why not arrange for five days stopover in Tokyo because you've never been there before? So why not? And your airfare doesn't cost any more. 
there's an art and people used to do it all the time, but nobody does stopovers anymore. Yeah. And so we've done some amazing stopovers. Yeah. In fact, we, we were flying from, um, we were flying from Santiago, Chile to Dublin, Ireland and ended up with a three day stopover in Madrid. Oh, too bad. That was so tough because we love Spain. Yeah. In some airlines, if they're a, a national carrier, if you stop over in one of their main cities, we'll do a stopover for free as, as well. Oh, nice. Little tricks of the trade, future podcasts. A lot of fun. You can tell I love that conversation. No, I know. I mean, that's like some of this is being video recorded, but if you're only listening to the audio, I can, I, I can, I can affirm that he's got this huge smile on his yeah. face. Obviously, it's what you're passionate and really good at too so that will be another podcast it's really really fun stuff but getting back to medical tourism talking about some prices Uh um, when we were spending some time living in um, living in Chiang Mai Thailand I needed to get an MRI and so I got an MRI of the base of my skull and a full cervical MRI and my upper back and they had the most cutting edge MRI technology I've seen and the whole cost for the full series and the radiology consult was $200. Now that's not my copay. That's the whole bill. Wow. My, my copay is more than that for the same thing here in the U S yeah. You know? Um, yeah. Cause you're there and you're like, Hey, I haven't had one for a while. I should probably just get this done. It's so, cost us, okay. Know. So I, I'm sure you could go, Example, yeah, example after example after example. So what the heck is the problem here? Okay, so um, (laughs) the problem in the United States is the insurance companies and the drug companies. And the attorneys. And and the attorneys. I mean, is that... I mean, well, in in other countries, they don't have have the same litigation process that Mm -hmm. we have. Mm-hmm. So that's that's a real big deal. They are accountable. Don't get me wrong. They are really accountable, mm-hmm. and um, and the cost of living and pay is a big issue. It's like a surgeon in Malaysia mm-hmm. is is capped at eighty thousand dollars a year, hmm. right? And so, you know, people can grumble about that, but here's the thing: a they're really esteemed. In Malaysia, that's that's a big deal. I mean, they really esteem their physicians. Uh, they go into medicine because they love people and they want to be healers, mm-hmm. and that's also a big deal. And the cost of living is so low, they can live really, really low. I mean, really well, mm-hmm. right? Mm-hmm. Within that that economy. Now, in the United States, drug companies will sell for much less overseas, right? And so there's this big uproar about people going to Canada and buying the drugs and crossing the border and Mexico and crossing the border. Drug companies don't want the competition. You know, different podcast. I have a health condition that if I end up going on medical therapy for second line therapy in America costs $180,000 a year. It's like you can't afford what, to be here. What do you do? Yeah. And it's like yeah. you know. Then then maybe if you're lucky, your copay is only about twenty thousand dollars on that. So the drug companies, then the insurance companies, right? If we could shift our focus to wellness, right? Shift to preventative medicine, 
right? And and then have our food producers accountable, mm-hmm. right? Because we shouldn't have so much diabetes in the U.S. Yeah. I mean, I, I can go on and on. No, no, no. I know about the whole diabetes. I mean, it's a lot of it's education. And a lot of it's did another podcast recently on sugar. Yeah. I mean, yeah. it's like everywhere. Yeah. And, and, and also cholesterol. Yeah. You know, we have this conversation around statins. Yeah. Right. Exactly. And statins cause a whole host of other health conditions. Mm-hmm. Right. And so statins can inhibit um, CoQ10. Right, uh, because they share the same channel in yeah, the liver. Yeah. So the statins completely wipe out the CoQ10. Exactly. Which which most people know is like really good for the heart, really good for the cardio, really good for a lot of other things. Yeah. And then there's the progression that statins, specific ones, cause diabetes. I didn't know that. Right. And then doctors want to give ACE inhibitors because ACE inhibitors are protective, are renal protective. Mm-hmm. For diabetics, mm-hmm. and then people cough from the ACE inhibitors as a side effect, and they're on cough medicine. Mm-hmm. So now we got the statin, yeah, right, yeah. and then we've got like the uh, metformin and glucophage, and all these for like the type two diabetes, and then you got the ACE inhibitors, right, and then it's like, yeah, <clears throat> it just it just spirals. It's like when my dad, he was very sick, uh, moved to Las Vegas to be near me years ago. He was on like 14 medications, and I wanted to go slap every one of his doctors. Right. Because nobody knows what that soup of drugs does. The chemical soup. And then they're trying to treat what the soup is doing. Mm-hmm. And then they're adding more and more to the soup. And finally, with the right physicians, we got him down to six key medications. And he ended up living for his bad health, age 75. But yeah. I mean, seriously, that's another place to go in conversation. I have a lot to say about the healthcare system in the United States. And, mm-hmm. you know, from from working in pharmaceuticals to working in biotech to working as a product manager and product development for a major drug company uh, to having to do some liaison work with the FDA. And that's not really a, a big deal. Essentially, every promotional piece that we did had to be approved by the FDA. Mm-hmm. Our message had to be approved by the FDA. But back then we didn't have commercials, mm-hmm. right? And so, and so as a hypnotherapist, when you're watching those commercials, uh, how they're being done is not an accident. Yeah. Y- yes, they're reading every single potential side effect. And I promise you that nobody is listening. Well, I I listen, but I, yeah, but you're I, unique. So. Well, I I listen only because I don't watch TV. So okay, yes. so when I do decide to consciously watch something, then I pay attention to the propaganda, essentially the advertising. That's, I mean, a lot of one side of the coin says advertising is great because you know it pays for the content. The other, you know, and then there's another side of that coin that says. Advertising is a real problem. Yeah, yeah. I have a very bipolar relationship with it because mm-hmm. I want to advertise because I want to have revenue. I want to have an income. Yeah, we'll talk sponsorship. Yeah. And on the other hand, you, you know, it's kind of funny. I watched a movie late night as we were traveling the other day, uh, old movie called um, The Devil Wears Prada. Oh, sure. Yeah. With uh, with uh, Meryl Streep and Anne Hathaway. Yes. And... Uh, it's 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 the same thing. I mean, Meryl Streep as that character, she's gorgeous. 
oh man, she is beautiful. And oh, she will so slit your throat. Give her yeah. half a chance. Yeah. Yeah. But you were saying that in that movie, every there was commercials that lasted ten commercials at a time. Oh yeah. In yeah. between the movie. And I think what happens is, is just to get back to the conversation is as far as the hypnotherapy at the hypnosis part of watching TV that way, is you just kind of it, it sits in the back burner, you're watching it, you get tired, you're kind of feeling a little lazy, and it just has a suggestive thing, and it goes in your brain. Right. And, I mean, that's the, the downfall and, of maybe yeah. doing and, it that and, way. And my comment about younger people that are on social media, let's just say Facebook, I do know that they are really good about blocking all that out. Mm -hmm. But I really question about how much is actually being blocked out. There's yeah. still an influence. You know, you can't snap your figure and not have some sort of distraction happen. Yeah, and, and sort here's, of here's attention. the thing is, just for just a quick second, this is another podcast, but um, people say, well, hypnosis, I would never do that, right? Mm -hmm. But we do hypnosis every all day. All the time. We do it all on our own. Well, yeah, last night we were talking about, what was the term you used? Uh Oh, last the night entrance? I was talking about, about the trance of normalcy. Yes, the trance of normalcy. But, you know, there's also white coat hypnosis. Yeah. Um, that, that, yeah. So let's talk about that a little bit, just because you don't see that in Thailand, right? Yeah. Well, I can't say that, that, that you don't see it okay. in, in, in Thailand. It's just so different um, to do that. They have a different relationship with their... With their physicians. It's a different vibe. And I've never gone to a Thai doctor as a Thai person. Uh, so describe for everybody that's listening exactly what that white coat, white lab coat thing is. Well, white coat hypnosis is, is, is really simple. To have, to have hypnosis, and you don't need to have your eyes closed to, right. to be in a trance state. It happens all the time. The best example is if you're, if you're driving and you find yourself home, then you ask yourself, did I stop at that stoplight? You know? I, I've done that. That's, that's, that's a trance state. Uh, if you go to a really great movie and it feels like 10 minutes have gone by and the movie is over, but it's been three hours, mm -hmm. one of the key indicators of trance is time distortion. Mm -hmm. Right? So, so we do this all the time. It's like I used to tell my clients, um, being in hypnosis is like going into a really loud coffee shop with a good friend and you want to talk to that good friend, but it's so loud. You can barely hear each other. But the more you talk to that person, the more you focus on that person, you notice the noise goes further and further into the background until it's just you and your friend. Then all of a sudden it's like, oh my gosh, it's four o'clock. I'm supposed to be home at two. You lost all track of time. Yeah. That's exactly what hypnosis feels like. So now white coat hypnosis. For effective hypnosis, you need context and intent. Context. You walk to the doctor's office and you see the waiting room and you see the window. They slide it open. They take your name. They give you the clipboard. You fill out the paperwork. They have really old Reader's Digest magazine sitting in the, in the rack. And you wait way too long to see the doctor, Right. And then you finally in with the doctor and he's got the lab coat, the stethoscope, and you have intent is to find out what's going on with you. 
right? And in that moment, it's almost like a shock induction. In that moment from, from waiting and waiting to the doctor, the big moments here, white coats, stethoscope, he says, well, you've got cancer and you're going to die in three months. It goes right into your subconscious mind. And because you're in a trance. Because you're in a trance state. And then you see people that you know, we can all think of somebody that's done this, that said, I've been told they have three months to live. And then in three months, they're gone. Mm -hmm. That's white coat hypnosis. Now, if they said to you, you know, in seven days, you're going to feel better. Mm. In seven days, you're going to have twice as much energy as you have right now. In seven days, you're going to find yourself whistling as you go to work. Those are all suggestions that we would do to somebody in hypnosis that if the doctor said them would work in that patient's well, life. Well, I'm feeling better already. I know, me too, right? Uh, so that's, that's white coat hypnosis. Yeah, I didn't know it had a name. I never even thought about it until you mentioned it the other night. And I wanted to bring it into this because I wanted everybody to hear it. Yeah, I think one of the things that I love, like when Tracy, um, if he was to work with somebody who had some kind of fatal disease, you know what he would tell them is he would say, I want you to put some a date on your calendar, buy a ticket to go somewhere, do something that you have a future to live into. Mm -hmm. He would really encourage them to do something that they were looking forward to just to yeah. distract that whole process sometimes. Because... You know, a prime example of this is the late, great George Burns. Oh, Amazing comedian. Yes, I know. Right? Fond. When he finally passed away, you know, he had his birthday party scheduled three years in advance. Oh, did he really? He did. He had everything planned out because he was living into it. Yeah. He had a future to live into. He knew who was going to be there. Yeah. What they were going to serve. Yeah. Well, it's been said, and I was going to ask you, I didn't uh, prep you on this one, but, you know, it's been said that uh, depression is the lack of future. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So, um, at some point, I want to actually talk about that depression thing because well, actually, that could be a podcast that I would totally talk okay, about. Okay, well, let's. Yeah. I, I want to talk about it because there, there's way too many people I know that are depressed, and I've had my issues with it as well. Yeah, I think most but, human beings can experience that. Yeah, they can relate to that. You know. Yeah, but you know, I got. I actually, I probably didn't express it too much, but I got extremely excited when you were coming this way. Really? Yeah. Oh, thanks. Yeah. Yeah, we were excited too, actually. <laughs> yeah, no, it's just like, gosh, you know, um, it's a it's a chance to actually have the relationship that I kind of wanted to have because I, I don't remember exactly what was going on There's years ago. Just life. Yeah, it was just life and some product stuff going on and all the rest of it. But um, yeah, so it, so it it, uh, it uh, created excitement and future, and I thank you. Yeah, yeah, thank you. Thank you. I'm we're excited, excited to that be we're here, here yeah. right now and back in relationship. And that's one of the ways you gauge a true friendship is when you can pick up, it's like no time has passed. Right. You know, and you're right back in the exciting conversations. And there are so many conversations to be had. Yes. Well, we'll see how many we can sneak in while you're still here. Cool. Because it's uh, kind of day one of two or three. We'll see. Yeah. Nice. Anything else you want to include? And no, I'm just enjoying just sitting here listening. I'm fine. Yeah, yeah. I um, I often tell Lori, um, at this point in my life, if I can't have fun, I don't want to do it. <laughs> God, it's that's my that's my mantra. And yeah. this is this that this is so fun. It's like, uh, 
I'm very mindful that whatever I do, I'm exchanging a day of my life for it. Yeah, great. So I was going to say, hey, if you had any advice to give anybody, what would it be? But I think you just did. Unless you want to like expound no. on it. Well, that was I can, a good one. I, yeah. can, I can expand. You know, I'm just getting to a point where, where I've lost people in my life that waited too long to love their life. And, and I'm like, when is now the time to live a life you love? Mm-hmm. Well, how about now? Yeah. And I know that some people are in really severe circumstance. And I don't want to make make light of that, but but even within the midst of something that's going on really horrible, uh look, look for look for fun. Look, look for play. Um, I mean, if we can elevate our mood, we can lengthen our life. Mm. Yeah. Yeah, a little mm-hmm. quote I used to roll by, which which was that your your altitude depends on your attitude. I think it's really true. Yeah, yeah. It's like I remember uh, one of my first trips going over to Vietnam, and I saw these real, really senior people working in the rice fields uh-huh. with their backs hunched over in extreme heat, and um, and I was dealing with a really severe chronic pain condition at the time. And I came home and said to Lori, I have, I have no excuse. Mm. No complaints. Mm-hmm. No complaints. Mm-hmm. Life is good. Yeah, life is good. All right, let's wind this up. Anything else? Nope. Thank you. Great. Well, everybody else will talk to you next time. That's for sure. And you can look forward to, to uh, hearing more from uh, Tracy and Lori in the future. I mean, I don't know if you know, but there was like five podcasts we have to do before you leave. Okay, that sounds <laughs> cool. good. And we'll probably get into some of the some of the uh, products you actually have because I want to expose people to that too. Because I'm sure that's how you're going to get through the next few days when I get you into the studio nonstop. Yeah. <laughs> All right. See y'all later. Bye.